I'm Harry Bridge. I'm Scott Mitchell. And this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. We are coming to you from the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Realm Podcast for April 6, 2018. And today we're talking about no self and identity. So we're getting close to episode 100. Uh, and so we thought we would... Uh, go back and revisit a topic that we talked about actually 10 years ago. Um, and it's also based on a recent question we received. And so uh, that's partly uh, the background and to get you all excited for episode number 100. Woo! Uh, so the question that we got uh, is actually bouncing off of um, an episode we put out a year or two ago on um, racism, I think. Um, see, I can't even remember what we talked about. <laughs> Oh, well. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the question, uh, paraphrasing, has to do with um, how does race and ethnicity or gender reconcile with the concept of no self? Um, Is reconciling so-called, quote-unquote, identity politics and no self in Buddhism possible? Um, Sure. Okay, next topic. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was thinking how, I think like in BCA, uh, maybe Jodo Shinshu, um, it seems to me, in my experience, that um, no self doesn't come up a lot. Hmm. When I hear about it, it's because I bring it up and I preface it with this is one of the most difficult topics in Buddhism, I think, and kind of complex and uh, on, on various levels, partly because of the language we're using and trying to put it in English and also partly because um, it's kind of different maybe than a lot of other um, systems of thought. Uh, and uh, so, so even BCA, it seems like it doesn't come up a lot. But then, if you step outside of Jodo Shinshu um, BCA world, um, it, it comes up more, mm-hmm. maybe, and we hear about it more. And I mean, it is one; it's one of the three marks, right? So all things are marked with impermanence, no self, and nirvana. Um, and there's a version with four marks where suffering, all things are marked with suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it, it's a basic Buddhist teaching. Um, it's interesting because Kenneth Tanaka in his book Ocean um, has the, those three or four marks. Um, and he puts, instead of no self, he says interconnected. Mm. Right? So all things are impermanent, all things are interconnected, um, as opposed to all things are impermanent, all things are no self or without self. Uh, and so it's an interesting, like that's a per- perfect example of, well, it's in there, but spin it in a different way sure, um, to kind of make more sense to a, uh, maybe a BCA audience. Uh, and so, but, but it's out there and I think it's worth um, looking at again. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I kind of feel like we should, uh, the two sides of that question are the identity side of it and then the no self side of it so it probably makes sense to uh, talk about what no self means um Mm -hmm. you know and i like that you said um all things are marked by no self because that's i I feel like the the whole concept of no self comes up pretty easily in in sort of basic buddhism or people's introductions to buddhism or whatever um and it's told in this way that it sounds like we're just talking about a sense of self or a sense of personality or subjectivity or individuality or identity. And, you know, that that's part of it. Sure. But 
you know, when you say all things are marked by no self, then it's all things. Like that's that's really the 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 issue, right? Is that it's not just that people don't have a sense of self. Anatman refers also to things. So you know, the early Abhidharma literature, for example, spends a lot of time trying to figure out the thingness of things, right? And it goes through the dham- dhammas and with uh, you know not dharma like teaching, but dhamma like things, um, the the fundamental nature of of reality. Um, so I think it's important to, to, to recognize that kind of picking up on our last, was it our last episode where we said that there's no answers to anything right? (laughs) (laughs) or whatever we said (laughs) and got everything wrong. Um, uh, you know, it's important to understand that the original context of this concept wasn't the same context we're in today where people have a very particular idea of what subjectivity or individuality or personal identity or, or personality means. And some of that, I think, overlaps with the, you know, the original intent of Anatman, but some of it doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So sort of a a, a more nuanced or expansive view of that concept, I think is a good place to start because then it's like, you're, you know, you're sort of already like, Oh, okay. These are, these are related, but not necessarily the same kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense. That makes sense. Right. Not yet. No, not yet. You, you you go then. I'm waiting for you to explain more. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm done. I'm out. (laughs) And it's, you know, it, it, I think sometimes it seems like a blanket rejection of any kind of self whatsoever. Right, right. But right. Um, it, you know, that's not how Buddha taught, right? That Buddha taught each person according to their individual needs. Mm-hmm. So it, one way to look at it maybe is that for some people that were really attached to their self, mm-hmm. no self was a um, remedy for that. And to realize that when I look for myself, what is it? Where is it? Is it my thoughts? Mm-hmm. Is it my brain? Is it my heart? Is it my body? Is it my emotions? Is it, you know, and Buddha keeps asking, do you find the self there? Do you find the self here? And then ultimately we can't find it. Right. We can't find some existing self. And all right? of those things are impermanent. Mm-hmm. And constantly changing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but in other places he'll say you, et cetera, et cetera, or me or yeah. I. And so he, he talks as if there are selves and yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in other cases. And the whole problem of, re- of rebirth and reincarnation and karma and, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, an Which issue is a whole too. other thing, which made right. I'm sorry. I'm already sorry I brought it up, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can address that, I think. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but, it's, uh, yeah. But yeah, to someone else where anger is an issue, then maybe self is not the issue at all. Mm-hmm. You know, self-centeredness or arrogance or whatever isn't the issue. Anger is the issue. So a different yeah. remedy, yeah. right? And it, no self isn't relevant to that. Different focus yeah. of practice. Or um, yeah. yeah, and I think I've had conversations with um, friends and colleagues who study this stuff and um, talk more about um, the self in Buddhism being um, a process Right. And I think this overlaps with contemporary psychological theories um, and more modern interpretations of stuff. Um, but, you know, I think that in, in Tanaka's sort of um, interconnectedness stuff, I think, works here too, right? Like mm-hmm. that it, to say that you don't have a self doesn't mean that you don't exist or that you're not there or don't have some sort of personality or whatnot. It's an awareness of how our sense of self or our sense of identity is. Um, is in flux and and changing over time and um, in um, and in relationship to other selves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my sense of identity emerges 
not um, sort of in a vacuum or uh, without some sort of connection to other things. And that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the, the important takeaway, right? Like mm-hmm. you're saying before you were saying, you know, where is the self? And you're pointing to the body or to the mind or the thoughts. And all of those things are connected to other things. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the, the teaching, right, is mm-hmm. that you don't have a self in the sort of limited, um, disconnected fully autonomous kind of isolated um, interiority of experience that that we walk around usually thinking of, right? Like mm-hmm. you think of your, a lot of us probably, maybe this, maybe this is just me, my own problems, but <laughs> I imagine that, you know, many of us sort of walk around our days sort of lost in our heads and uh, aren't really thinking about, you know, our um, connections to the world. But, mm-hmm. and that's, that's sort of the fundamental lie, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the, un, the untruth that we're sort of trying to uncover. Mm-hmm. Which to me is is a very different conversation than the mm-hmm. conversation that people have about so-called identity politics or or, or larger social issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and before we go over to that, um, one way I've been I've learned from doing a lot of memorial services and you know going from when you study Buddhism, it looks like desire is bad, love is bad, um, become a monk, <laughs> leave your family behind, you know, um, the, you know, the family is an attachment and all yeah, this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And then you become Buddhism a minister. Is in so a, depressing. Right? Well, you become a minister in a Jodo Shinshu temple and all of a sudden you have to do all these memorial services for these big families of people. And so is there a connection there? Do I just not talk about that side or is it different? Is it something yeah, different yeah. than that? And what I finally learned, one thing I've learned is um, that when I'm in a room with all these family members to realize that if I say, who am I, it depends I'm who I am depends on others and what relationship, what context are we talking about? Right. And, you know, once I, I did a great memorial where we had, we were actually doing a combined memorial service for five people. Hmm. So I was like, imagine a line going from your heart to the picture of each one of these people up here. So there's a separate line going to each one and think about your relationship to each one of those people and who you are. So you might be son, nephew, grandson, mm-hmm. you know, that, so, whoa, I'm a different, depending on which picture I'm looking at, I'm something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a son, I'm a grandson, whatever, like all these different levels. And then think about all the connections between them. Right, right. That if, the connection with you means that they're a father and a grandmother and a whatever. You make them a father or a grandmother, but not only are you what you are because of them, they're what they are because of you. Mm-hmm. But then it's different for each person. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. draw all the lines between each one of you, between all these people, and realize, wow, this interconnected, intertangled web of relationships, and that that's where I exist, quote-unquote. And um, But that existence is very fluid and um, changing depending on what I'm interacting with, who I'm interacting with. Dude, you just blew my mind. Hey, 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 that's what I'm here for. All right, we're done. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun way. And it, it was the best time was when it was like five pictures at the front, too, so that you could do. It's yeah, kind of harder yeah, when yeah. there's only one. And then, right, right. you know, but that was perfect. Um, it was really great to, um, to, to, to um, have that chance for people to kind of envision all these different lines intersecting and connecting. And, right. Yeah, because yeah, that's the reality. Like who who we are as individuals is totally dependent upon all these other relationships. You know, I could I could sit here and come up with some definition of who I am without all of those relationships, but that wouldn't make those things go away, right? right, right like right. I would still be my daughter's father and my wife's husband, and you know, and my wife is not just my wife, but she's her own person, and she's got her parents, and mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, she's a daughter and a mother and a sister and a niece and a blah, 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 blah. And, you know, also a, a person with like a job and, you know, mm-hmm. all the other stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, all of that stuff is, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had this conversation with, with students where I will sometimes sort of, you know, in a glib kind of matter be like, yeah, most of this, all this stuff is made up, right? Like we, we create these relationships or we create this culture that we live in and we sort of import or impart all this meaning on all these relationships. And it's all just sort of made up. And, and I've realized that my saying it's made up makes it sound like I'm saying it's not real, mm-hmm. um, which is not what I mean. And what I just mean is that as human beings, we have all these relationships or we create this culture that we live in and we give it lots of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, we we say that the you know to say that I'm a father carries with it a certain kind of meaning, right? Like I could walk up to anybody on the street and be like, "Oh, I'm a father," and they'll immediately have all these ideas mm-hmm. in their heads about the importance of being a father or what it means to be a father. And some of those are going to line up with my experience, my reality. Some of them won't, whatever, right? But mm-hmm. it's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to say that it's it's out there and these relationships, you know, are 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 our, our made up is, is a way of saying that they're they're real. They have imp- they have imp- they're important, right? They mm-hmm. they have a, an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just uh, they're not not real, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really weird. And and I'm, as the more I'm talking, I'm realizing I'm not making any sense. <laughs> a convoluted way of saying, yeah, you were a convoluted convoluted way of saying that you know to say that there's no self doesn't mean the self isn't real or isn't important, mm-hmm. right? Like that it's not that it's not real it's that our understanding of the self is is flawed because we think of the self as this independent autonomous thing when really it's this deeply interconnected kind of thing and it's those interconnections that are really important and have um and impact us and 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 matter right Mm -hmm. um so similarly to should we should we Transition to the other half of that equation. Not yet. You don't have to. <laughs> Whatever you want. Then I'm following you. You're in charge. <laughs> well, or maybe it's a way to transition. I think, um, and maybe it's an American thing, and the whole thing of go west, young man. And there's always, you know, this kind of myth of you have opportunities out there. Leave your past behind. And we had to. They had to do that. Not we. I didn't have to. But you know, in a way, I have. Um, when you move and your family's buried somewhere else there's kind of a disconnection, right? And so people had to bury their dead on the way out west and then couldn't maybe get back. And so this kind of rugged individualism mm-hmm. of, of America and a kind of myth of like, I can just cut those ties. I don't need them. I'm me. I'm out there. I'm here to get my share, right? To, to cut out my piece of the pie. And so I'm going to go to Hollywood or wherever <laughs> and, or San Francisco and get, find a gold and, you know, and this kind of like that... that maybe helps foster this sense of how important I am and mm-hmm. that me as an individual is what's important and my needs are important. And um, that uh, when I think, if I look at my life and I've, I did it when I moved out here to come to Institute of Buddhist Studies like 20 years ago and I've been doing it with these memorial services, when I look at my life, no, I'm not alone. I needed all these people. Without those people, I would not be here. Mm-hmm. But our culture doesn't encourage that kind of reflection. Yeah, our yeah, culture yeah. says, no, yeah, you don't need them. You made it yourself. You pulled yourself up by the bootstraps and you blah, 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 you know. Um, and so I think that this aspect of um, if, if I find myself 
too wrapped up in my needs and, and worrying about myself and poor me and all that kind of thing. And I'm only saying this to myself. I'm not saying this to anyone out there. But, you know, that no self in a way is a possible corrective. Right, right to realize right, right. oh it's not just me yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just about me look at all these people that help me get to where i am look at all these people that depend on me um and it's, so it's 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 um i think that's more the buddhist message of no self mm-hmm. not to be like people don't exist oh <laughs> so i will say this anytime buddhism says no this mm-hmm. you got to be careful <laughs> because buddhism is it's not a nihilism it's not this absolute negation Often, I mean, it's one way to think about it. Um, that um, I think Buddha said the self does not exist, but he also would say, but the self is not that nothing exists. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's really middle way. So anytime you hear too much no, 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 um, that's a corrective to something that's clinging to existence. Mm-hmm. But don't take the no too literally either. Right, right, right? right. That if we think, okay, no is the answer. There's nothing. There's no self. Nothing exists. That's not Buddhism either. That's a mistake too. Mm-hmm. And that person needs a corrective to the other way. Right? And so, um, um, u mu is one way to put it. The Chinese terms in Japanese pronunciation. <clears throat> u is to exist. Mm-hmm. Mu is to not exist. And it's neither. That, and Shinran says, actually, to Shin, um, Nagarjuna crushed the wrong views of existence and non-existence. Right, right, right. right. Um, it's somewhere in the middle. Um, it's not an absolute negation. So anytime it's kind of, but there's no self. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, this is going the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just negate everything and just, then what? I mean, you can, but where does it leave you? Um, it's unrealistic. It doesn't yeah. actually um, accord with reality, in my opinion. Right. Um, yeah, it leaves you sad. That's cases. where it leaves you. Yeah. <laughs> sad and alone um, and deluded, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because you still got to pay your bills. You still right. got to feed yourself. You still got to, you know. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, you know, that's the thing, right? Like, if you really hold to that view that there's no self, you know, try telling that to your utility company. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay my bill. I don't exist. Okay, mm-hmm. good luck with that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of the, um, the well, yeah, you know where to go <laughs> um i guess you know that's that's the, the the a couple of things there right like the 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 idea that that you can't just negate everything because you still live in this this actual world the world mm-hmm. really does exist mm-hmm. you know and merely saying that nothing exists this extreme nihilism doesn't make all of that just vanish mm-hmm. um unless you're you know living in a cave somewhere cut off from the world mm-hmm. uh, even then you'd be in a cave and mm-hmm. the snakes and bears will come and get you mm-hmm. um, try telling them they don't exist <laughs> <laughs> or that you don't exist don't eat me I don't exist it won't fill you up <laughs> um, but also you know to get to the um, identity aspect of this I think that what what that's what people do in this mm-hmm. conversation right mm-hmm. like you'll be in a, in a, in a uh, sort of conversation where you're like, oh, well, I want to talk about issues of, of racial or ethnic or gender identity. Mm-hmm. And then somebody will come along and be like, oh, well, we're Buddhists. And that's, you know, there is no self. So don't talk about that. And that's like, huh. well, that's, yeah, that blows my mind because I've been fortunate not to have to hear that. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think those are two, you know, two mistaken views, right? It, on the one hand, there's the, the mistaken understanding of what no self is really talking about. Mm-hmm. And then the mistaken understanding of what it means to talk about a social identity i mean mm-hmm. um you know to to be you know to be straightforward about it you know we live in a, in a world that um that that 
that defines who we are in large part based on things like our race or our gender or sexual orientation, merely claiming that I don't have a self doesn't make any of that go away. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the racism is a thing, you know, that actually, it actually does exist. Um, it does, it have, it does, it does have an impact on people's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and talking about it isn't, um, uh, isn't a bad thing. It's not necessarily just, Oh, that we're wrapped up in identity politics. I think, um, that's a mistaken understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, it's merely just an acknowledgement of, Oh, we live in a, a culture where we have these systems in place where it's statistically more likely that people of color end up in, incarcerated rather than in college. We should fix that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you care about that kind of thing, you should mm -hmm. fix that. Mm -hmm. That's not a, um, an appeal to, uh, a particular political ideology or a personal identity or, you know, uh, whatever. It's just a, a pointing out of the systemic problem that we have, mm -hmm. um, which, is a thing that actually exists mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that defines who we are in much the same way that we get defined as you were saying before in the memorial service, you know, you get defined as a, as a father or a son or a nephew, mm -hmm. but people also get defined as mm -hmm. men and women and black and white and gay mm -hmm. and straight people get defined in those ways. That's a, a reality of our identity. We have to deal with mm -hmm. merely saying, Oh, well the Buddha said there's no self doesn't make all that go away. Okay. It's, it just comes across as condescending and insulting mm -hmm. to people's actual experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I mean, it, it's interesting because I think one place we can find a kind of negation of people mm -hmm. is in some of the, um, like the Diamond Sutra. Um, and that's a perfection of wisdom sutra. And this one line, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in there. <laughs> um, I've looked it up, um, and I might be—I'm paraphrasing—but the Buddha realizes, or the Bodhisattva, maybe the Bodhisattva realizes there are no beings. Mm -hmm. That's why he devotes his entire existence to saving all beings. Mm. Right. So, so one thing we have to be aware of too is—is is the text speaking from the Buddha side, right, right, from the right. point of view of enlightenment, yeah. or is the text talking more from samsara side? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's um, something we got to be really careful about because uh, some texts are very much from the wisdom side, from the Buddha side. And from the Buddha's perspective, yeah, no self, all empty. It's all light. There's no distinctions, no discrimination. But the Buddha isn't in this blissed out state where he can only just see this, just unable to see people suffering because he's just sees oneness. Mm -hmm. Buddha also can see that from sentient being side, they don't see it that way yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. fighting and they're hurting each other and they're suffering um, and not just human beings, all beings. Right. Right. Um, and so that's why there's Buddha stood up from sitting from his awakening experience under the Bodhi tree and taught for 50 years. Um, if there were no people to be taught, he wouldn't have done that. He could have just been a Pracheka Buddha and gone off to the mountain. Mm -hmm. um, but no, he, he, under, he realized that people could hear this. People could um, make steps away out of suffering um, with his guidance and so came out and taught. Uh, so, so that's one, I think, really important aspect is which side are you talking about? Yeah. Another way is the two truths, ultimate truth and conventional truth, um, and a kind of recognition that in conventional reality, there are selves. Yeah. There is continuity. That's one of the issues. I think that's one of the classic issues is continuity of experience and continuity of the person. Um, and it gets pushed to the brink with uh, a meditative state where there's no thought. 
and I can't remember the name of the state, and I should have looked it up, um, but I didn't find the book. But you know that there's a deep meditative state where nothing's happening. There's no conscious thought, and so their whole thing is, well, how do you come out of that? How can thought stop with causality and have a spot, a space with no thought, and then have thought happen again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a huge issue, and it drives various Abhidharma approaches, Sarvastivadins, Pudgalavadins. It drives Yogacara. Um, drives majamaka emptiness stuff like it's that's one of the issues is this continuity if there's no self does karma matter right what does karma stick to then if there's no self i'm sorry just i keep looking out there um um if yeah that's the basic question if there's no self then karma seems to be out the window, but Buddha taught about karma too. Right, right, right. right? So, so how do you a, resolve those two things? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. on the kar- samsaric karmic level, yes, there is continuity, but there don't, there's no ultimately existing self in there. Mm-hmm. Buddha realizes that from the point of ultimate reality, no, but all these things are empty. They don't exist in and of themselves. And I think that's an important point from the point of view of ultimate reality, right? I think that mm-hmm. these arguments of, oh, well, there's no self, so we shouldn't do this, or... Mm-hmm. What you know, whether it's talking about you know racism or even in um, things we talked about before, like um, you know, uh, from the point of view of the Buddha, there's there's no practice, right, in, in the Jodo Shinshu context. Um, again, that's from the point of view of the Buddha, right, and that's that to me is always the the key thing here, right? If your argument is, oh well, from the point of view of enlightenment, there's no distinction, so we shouldn't talk about distinctions, then mm-hmm. you're implying that you're enlightened. And you know, if that's what you're, if that's what you're arguing, then you're going to have to, you know, show me the thirty-two marks and, <laughs> you know, prove to me that you're enlightened, right? Because um, because I'm not enlightened. I you know, I, I've had some some experiences in my life that have been pretty profound, but I would never claim that I've I've reached you know even a lower level of whatever. Like I'm I'm. I'm pretty messed up, is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's that's part of the issue, right? From the point of view of enlightenment, things look a certain way, but that's not where we are. We're here in in this realm. <laughs> and the other thing that I w- would want to say is that, you know, you started this at the beginning of the episode, mentioning that for different people, they need to hear different things. Like that's part of the Buddha's pedagogical strategy. That's how he taught. He mm-hmm. was like, you have an overattachment to the self, so you need to hear this thing. But you have an overattachment to anger, so you need to hear this thing. Um, I think that's really important. Um, I've had conversations with friends who are um, Buddhist therapists, and the idea of saying that you have no self is actually really dangerous to people who have certain kinds of psychological problems because they already are feeling um, like they don't have a self. Um, and to tell them that they don't exist is just going to make that worse, right? right so right. I think that's another important lesson from Buddhism is this awareness that there's lots of lots of stuff you could take away from Buddhism. Taking everything equally for every single person is potentially dangerous, right? Like the the metaphor of the eighty four thousand dharma doors, or, mm-hmm. or dharma doors are limitless, or whatever the metaphor is, points to how there are different ways to get to the same place because people are different and they have different, um, they suffer for different reasons. <laughs> so um, you know, just because this teaching works for this person doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Uh, and that's an important thing to try to, to navigate. Um.